Welcome back, everybody. Good morning. RK here. Squeezer. So back with another episode of the Rad Years Podcast. Last week, we went deep into 1989. All in its guts. Got to know it. And uh, we're back a little late this week, but... My apologies. That's on me. Well, not necessarily on uh, you. It's no. on 25 assholes. So you thought you were going to go all the way. You I can't had, do the job for a living. I had this plotted out perfectly. <clears throat> the problem with this one is, you and we one are job. we are talking cartoons. Yeah, this week cartoons, more cartoons. obscure cartoons. Try to go a little <clears throat> ob- obscure. You wanted to do. You want. You didn't want to uh, pigeonhole us to obscure. But I'm looking at your picks. You, well, I think you went a little more obscure than I did. Even. I, I, I figure we, we title just cartoons, but try to aim a little obscure stuff that you don't that you don't talk about. Well, I I think I was going to still title it obscure because that's a good clickbait. Ooh, nice. Got to use that internet to our advantage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's not even bait because it's really what you get. We're sure. not baiting switching. At the bottom of the page, it'll say obscure cartoons, but there'd be a picture of some woman between the ages of 18 and 18 and a half <laughs> with breasts larger than mine. And like a pop-up you can't close. Yes. But we're, give, we're titling Obscure Cartoons, and that's the, what you're freaking getting. Yeah. And because my, my, my strategy was here to, I wanted to watch everything. And that's why we kind of got bogged down because I couldn't be, by the time I got home, 1230, and if I had to watch four hours of Obscure Cartoons... And then do a podcast three hours later on two hours of sleep. It wasn't going to end well. So I did while you were while you were working for a living. I watched the cartoons. Well, I was watching the cartoon too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I'd, I'd rather watch a cartoon yes. than that garbage. <clears throat> uh, what what's what's going on? I guess football's back for those who care. I, I meant to watch, but like the I said, team had a buy. How, how are you on that invention? I told you I want to do where like. You could both like weave two signals into the interlace, oh, right. so that way my kid can watch Elmo, right. and then I can watch football while I'm wearing like glasses, and it's hidden in the in the signal. That's and then we can embed the I, audio. You know what? In, I think the, that's something that's already invented. Quite honestly, shit. Uh, but what I'm thinking, you know, is yes. When I, yesterday, well, actually two days ago now, Sunday. When I'm watching the first week of NFL, I, was, I realized why NFL is so popular. It gives people a reason to do absolutely fucking nothing but drink and eat garbage on Sunday True. and like and sloth around the house. Because <clears throat> Chantress and I first went to a bar, um, had a couple beers, some bar food, and then came back here for the second half and then the rest of the day. So we just like <laughs> laid, watched in front of the TV, uh, watched the rest of the games, took a nap. Woke up, red zone was still on. Mm-hmm. I finished out the Green Bay game, and then, of course, watched the next episode of Guys Grocery Games, which big and that's a that's a fun show. We accidentally stumbled upon it waiting for Game of Thrones a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's a fun show. It takes uh, it's all stars, so it's like all these top chefs, like big big time chefs, competing for charity, and it's like supermarket sweep. 
Guy's grocery game. Yeah, Guy Guy Fieri host, who I like. Everyone picks on Guy. I like, with, I'm a triple D. I think with a good. <laughs> yeah, right. Fair. Right. He, he brings it on himself, but he's I I like I love Triple D. We're trying to in a time where we're trying to maybe expand America's palate and maybe have everyone eat a salad every now and then, and you know, how about yeah? The, but it's not like he's how, saying don't do that. He's okay. just showcasing places that don't necessarily know what a salad sure. is. Can we have tapas with nacho cheese on it? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! I think I just invented well, something. Well, nachos are in like almost a tapas. A small plate of nachos would be considered tapas. With a small plate yes. is where, <laughs> well, where yeah. we run into problems. Right. But uh, yeah, he uh, he hosts guys grocery games, and um, it's kind of like supermarkets. That's why I was like, "Ooh, this is like supermarket sweep." And Chantra uh, said that it's existed for a while in many different forms. <clears throat> but this did was, it come from the UK? No. No, I don't think they have supermarkets over there. It's a strictly American thing, hmm. like the supermarkets. Yeah. In um, and in, in Germany, we didn't really see any like markets. In France, there was there's smaller versions of markets <coughs> everywhere. Well, like, that they're not set up the same way we are. We no. don't, we don't just tear down uh, acres of forest and then plop a bunch of mansions on top of it and go, right. here, this is housing. Yeah, no, they don't. It's not set up that And in, in Paris in particular, there's not enough room to put what would be a supermarket anywhere. Uh, no building except one is over uh, seven stories. And that one they call Paris's middle finger. Uh, and then you can see right outside the city, there's sprawling mm-hmm. uh, skyscrapers. But in Paris itself, no. But yeah, that's not the idea of the supermarket is, is I'm pretty sure a very American idea. It might be copied other places. In fact, I'm sure Canada has supermarkets, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> the idea of it is American. Like get everything. Like the big box store too is American. Like we we took supermarkets and then added everything else into it. Uh, Walmart, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think it has everything to do with space. Yeah. That's the thing. We just got room to work with. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well. Until we, it explodes. We got room to work with. We just stole. Our forefathers stole this room for us. Thanks, guys. With. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And now no one else could come. It's ours now. Everyone else, stay out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God we grew up in a time where we don't conquer anymore. Yeah. It's like it's like a hundred and uh, hundred and thirty years ago they just decided. Uh, you know what? We're good. All right. The game's over. Here are the lines. If things are going to change, if things are going to change, we need to have world wars and split the atom. Then we can change borders. Didn't we just talk about in 1980 the changing of borders? Well, okay, there's that. Yeah. But for the most part. Mm, kind of. Here. You can't just... Yeah, well, we can still do it. Speaking but of... But no one can do it to us. Let's yeah, put it that okay, way. Okay, yeah. The hurricanes came through uh, and devastated... The Caribbean, mm-hmm. So the Caribbean is, you know, not really independent. They're all territories of the uh, Netherlands, Fr- France, mm-hmm. and Britain, and us to a certain extent. And now they're down there and saying, "All right, get over. If we're, you know, get the fuck over here and fix us. Yeah. We need a relief effort." In fact, Richard Branson's calling for uh, a mar- the mar- a Marshall t- plan type. 
deal, what they did to rebuild Europe after World War II. Mm -hmm. He said it's that bad because he lives in the British Virgin Islands. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's been going on in this. All in junk food news, quick thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Enchantress scored me a bag of pumpkin pie Kit Kats. Oh, yeah. We also taste tested uh, cookies and scream. M and M's, pumpkin pie M and M's, and various other Halloween candies that we will I will have a full review of on uh, radyears.com when I could I have it half typed. It's one of those blogs that's been feeding me, <clears throat> as they often do. And uh, yeah, so check out radyears.com soon for reviews of Halloween candy, amongst other things. Also, I decided to up the ante on our our giveaway. I see that. Yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah. We're we're close to five thousand. In fact, we're less than a hundred away. I think as of as of no today. shit. So <clears throat> when we get to seventy five away, I'm gonna add something to that giveaway. When we get to fifty away, I'm gonna add something more to the giveaway. When we get to twenty five away, I'm gonna add a little something more away. And when we're at five thousand, I'm gonna put a fucking cherry on top. Literally. Oh yeah. I got. Uh, that would mean cherries, Ryan. Yeah. Put the put the bag of cherry skittles in there. So, but yeah, there's that's all I have in junk food news. Mm-hmm. I think you have some history for us. I do. I mean, we were trying to keep the show positive, but since we're already going in a dark direction, <laughs> uh, let's just play the clip. It's the Chevy Chase Show from Hollywood. Tonight, actor Corbin Birdson. Lizard guy, Henry Lizard Lover. Writer, comedian, Al Franken. Pop diva, Olita Adams. News update. And Tom... Uh, I think in the time it took to play that clip, the show's been canceled. <laughs> Uh, it la- it lasted a lot longer than you than you think it should. How how long do you think it lasted? A month. Uh, uh six weeks. Okay, Actually, I knew it wasn't long. I think five. I think they just had some. Uh, well, so it was September seventh of ninety three, mm-hmm. and this was all in the fallout of the Carson thing. Everyone was scrambling. Their idea. Joan was- Rivers was somewhat involved in something, right? Yeah, everyone was having a show. Remember we talked about Pat Sajak. He had a... Well, they they wanted to give Howard Stern a show, and he turned it down, I believe. Well, initially, this was supposed to go to Dolly Parton. Really? Yes, and she turned it down and said, well, why don't you give it to Chevy? And they did. And then... uh, I mean, Chevy Chase is a brilliant, funny man, but from all accounts, completely psychotic. Yeah, (laughs) and so... He's he's great in five minute bits on SNL, and he was or, he was great in Community. Just the cast couldn't stand oh, him. Yeah, so imagine that live now. Imagine him sitting down every night and talking to celebrity guests. There's just it's not the smoothest thing. In fact, him it was so awkward. Him and Corbin Bernstein, which what a get. Um, it was this really awkward thing. You didn't know, are they joking here? Is this a thing? You almost thought they really wanted to kill each other at the end of it. Um, and uh, I think I had uh, yeah, less than 2 million viewers were watching it by the time it ended, which back then, 
I mean, now it's almost like, wow, we got 2 million viewers because there's so much crap on TV now mm-hmm. and you know, with the internet. But uh, yeah, it got, that's not a good number, especially back then. Eventually, it yeah, got Yeah, 2 million pulled. would be uh, solid nowadays. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it got yanked and was replaced with uh, reruns of uh, In Living Color. Oh, I thought Cops. You were going to say Cops. But In <laughs> Living Color was pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, was this on FX or Fox? It was on Fox. Fox, right? yeah. Fo- uh, and then that's it, what you know. If there's FX only 25 was episodes that this ever made. 25. 25 episodes. If FX was more fleshed out by then, this might have survived on FX because that's a it's a good that's a good show for FX back then. Um, but. And it was just awkward. And so they they had like these cold open bits and stuff like that. And then I'm I'm watching and. The first episode, uh, no, no spoilers here. So, um, you, oh, we have the spoiler alert for the Chevy Chase show. Well, well this, this next clip, I want you to just, I need you to listen and very closely. So, Geraldo's in this clip. Oh. And so, Chevy says hi to Geraldo. And this is supposed to be a big, like, wow, we have so many celebrities involved in this show that we don't even have Geraldo on this show, but he's on the show. But listen to Geraldo when he says hi to Chevy, and I'm pretty sure – I won't tell you what I think he – what he calls him, but just listen and tell me if it's if – it's, if he calls him by his real name. Good to see you, buddy. How you been? Geraldo, what are you, what are you doing here? Hey, Terry. Good to see you. What am I doing? I'm on your show. Hey, sir. Did, I thought he called him Terry. No, it sounded like sir. Sir? Yeah. Play it again. Good to see you, buddy. How you been? Geraldo, what, what are you doing here? Hey, Terry. Good to see you. What am I doing? I'm oh, on your yeah, show. No, I it. thought he called him Terry. Mm. Hey, Terry Chase. Regardless. And then it ends with Chevy walking away, and then Geraldo, pop for no reason, jumps up and knocks down the ceiling panel, and money falls out. I guess the joke was like the vault thing. I don't, I don't know. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it did not. it did not last long at all. And then, like, at that point, that was Fox. They gave up on it. Like, Yeah, Fox was, uh, I don't think, in, in for the long haul in 93. If you would have got to Fox in 88, you might have still been on the air. But Yeah, it was, it was rough. I tried watching it, and it was so hard. To, it was so uncomfortable. At the same time. As, as Conan did on The Tonight Show. Yeah. At, at the same time, it was, the set was, he had a... Uh, a keyboard in the desk with a little POV camera looking up. So he was there like playing the keyboard in and out and there were <laughs> toys and shit all over the set. And it was basically our show, yeah. just uh, smoother. smoother. Wait. God, yes. I'm telling you, that's how bad this was. And less awkward. You mean uh, our show smoother? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That we have a better rapport with each other. Yeah, that's to, not hard to believe. Well, yeah, but this guy is a professional broadcaster. Mm. He's very, but he makes a living being awkward. That's true. Like, that's his thing. That's not what you want. No, that's not a good talk show thing. All right. Well, I think who starts this week? Me, right? Sure. Yeah, because you started last. Did I? Yeah, I ended. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is still smoother. <laughs> well, anyway, I just want to start. Uh, a good friend of Chevy Chase had his own cartoon in the early 90s. <laughs> The quietness of darkness, the stories told by 
Happy campers. You remember Oof. Camp Candy? I apologize for the high end on that. Didn't we talk? Didn't we kind of brush on this in the we last episode? We might have. And that's what kind of got us to... I remember... Uh, Man, he can hold that note. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this was him too. He did the voice. Uh, and I think... I don't know. I was, I was re-watching this, and, it, and mm-hmm. to me it didn't really hold up, but I might have just watched some bad episodes. But... From what it seems like, they didn't really have... They had to work kind of around John Candy's schedule. So it's a lot of, like, narration by Candy rather than his character speaking. So maybe that's how they filled the holes. Okay. But where, it, it... Where they don't even have to have have a monitor and he he can just do some reads in a, in a car somewhere. Yeah, right. Uh, so... Uh, the, the episodes would be uh, John Candy, it was a camp counselor, it was Cam Candy, trying to like show like off his outdoor skills, and uh, <clears throat> eventually would remind him of a story, and he would tell the episode narration. That's how it worked, you know, with his narrating. And um, the summer camp was supposed to be built by him, and he's trying to get the various kids. Of different, uh, different, you know. Of course, a uh, background. So I'm sorry. There's the redheaded tomboy. There's um, the nature loving black girl. The rich snobby Veruca Salt type girl. The uh, bespeckled young version of Squeezer <laughs> and Ryan, hypochondriac. Um, there's the uh, young, the young adventurous brother. You know, the little. He's like the, the leader, and uh, uh, there's the arrogant prankster. Man, they really had all those roles pigeonholed. Like yeah. It was- yeah, you get the archetypes just really bleed out in front of you from the screen. And then, of course, Nurse Molly, uh, who had a crush on John, uh, and, but he just never would notice because uh, he was interested in the redheaded receptionist, Miss Sweetingham. <laughs> And the main antagonists were Xavier DeForest, Rex DeForest. Ah, uh, DeForest. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. He wants to demolish Camp Candy in order to make ways for condominiums. You know, that's what we have this beautiful golf course up the street here that's municipal. Uh, they're trying to demolish that to build mm-hmm. houses and condominiums, you know, because we need the, 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 nothing like forcing the birds and the animals and the, all the other uh, wildlife into you know, your backyard, like yes. deforestation. They, they should be, well, to be fair, the golf course isn't exactly nature's playground. You just make super animals from eating all that fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, at least when uh, the gopher shows up on your property, he's half burnt from the bombs the groundskeeper tried to blow him out of the ground with. Or ripped to pieces from a hawk, and then you have to pick it up. <laughs> it's disgusting. Uh, the worst smell in the world. 
but I was trying to make a Caddyshack. Oh, no, you took it to a dark place. I would have been. I was a big I'm fan of Caddyshack too, which, which we know. We've talked about my love of Caddyshack too. A lot on this show, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the opening scene when he drinks root beer. And he's drinking the, the diet root beer and he's in the Twinkies and he's, he breaks in and eats all the spaghetti. I mean, I, I, well, I loved that groundhog mm-hmm. and as a kid. Maybe it's why I love you so much. Oh, is that? I'm, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a mixture of both. I'm an amalgam of the groundhog and... Well, you're adorable. Dan Aykroyd. And, and mischief. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Keep your eye on the fruit. Uh, it, pretty much you came up to me one day and said, if you pulled the, you accidentally shot yourself in the ass with a deadly poison-tipped arrow, and if you were to pull the arrowhead out, would I suck the poison? <laughs> and we went from there. Chevy Chase, by the way. Mm-hmm. Was, we came full circle. So you're saying... So let me guess. Let me get this straight. You pull, I suck. Is there any money in it for me? (laughs) (laughs) This movie's great. Very underrated. Anyway, Cam Candy. Weird show. It was on NBC, I believe, in the morning, Saturday mornings, and then it it, floundered in various syndication, Fox Family and other places. Uh, I believe Marvel Comics, like they can do, made a short-run comic book of it, as I did another series I have here. Did those, like, because, <clears throat> like, I think Cops had a comic book, too, and, uh, uh, like, do those ever make money? Like, those short-run things based off of something like Camp Candy. Who who buys Camp Candy comics? I mean, you have... They probably you, sold on spinner racks. Yeah. Like, not, not like, direct market. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm thinking is your kid... And it's Saturday afternoon, and you're being dragged on a road trip with your family, and you go in, like, the convenience store, and there's a spinner rack there, and you see Camp Candy. You see, you know... Uh, Cracked and mad. <laughs> sure, but you see, like, uh, those, weren't, those won't sell, but you see Camp Candy. You see, like, Indiana Jones, the comic. You see, mm-hmm. like, Alf, we will talk about later. It's one of my picks. I'm spoiling um, he had a he had a Marvel comic. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna be like, Mom. I went like I remember. I could point to it. I, I bought when um, X Men the animated series was turned into a, a book. I was buying a lot of that mm-hmm. on road trips just because I was like, you know what? I don't have to be in it because I was a big continuity guy, uh, and I had a lot of the direct market issues. <laughs> so I, I just wanted some maybe like pulp to read. Mm-hmm. And I'd buy the X-Men and just grab one off the rack. Because it kind of fell into the X-Men animated series universe. So, yeah, that's why right. I, I believe they sold. You didn't need to, like, follow a, a series. You could just grab sure. one off the rack and just get lost in the back seat. I mean, you got to pay for paper and but animators. Not much. No, that, that was... Oh, true. I guess you're not... Yeah, that really, there really wasn't much cost involved in a comic book. Because the guys writing it and drawing it were doing it just to get a job. Yeah, oh yeah. Just trying to get their foot in the door, I'm yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So to us, what seems like a lot of work was really just, you know, part of a Henry Ford production the, line. The system's already in place. There. Yeah. yeah. Probably half the panels are already drawn. They just You sell like, hey, this is a hit TV show. 
I, I advertise. You probably you probably make your nut back in advertisements alone. But malicious and Atari yeah. games <laughs> or Nintendo at that point. So you know that's I I don't think it was that's why they just churned them out. Just talking about it makes me want to buy a fruit by the foot. <laughs> uh, they would as they would advertise. So all right, moving on to your next pick or your first pick actually. <laughs> Now, I think what the nice thing about these Saturday morning cartoons is, or a lot of these cartoons, the intros give us a lot of exposition, so we don't even have to explain really what the show's about. Camp Candy did it for us. Dink didn't. It was just a little minute of soundtrack, so I figured I'll just pull this clip instead. Ah. Uh, here's, here's what you need to know. It's uh, Land Before Time. Oh. And we're done. What it was is the mother Littlefoot's mother dead? Uh, no, well it it's completely separate. This was actually done by uh, 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 Hanna Barbera and Ruby Spears, the people that brought us uh, Scooby Doo, and it aired on CBS. Uh, this came out a year after Land Before Time, and it's pretty much the exact same premise. You have a clan of little dinosaurs. You had Dink and Amber and. Uh, well, we had Scat, which was the little, yeah, poop, yeah, Scat, uh, voiced by Frank Welker, uh, was a little compy, and he was the, the silly little troublemaker of the group. Of course, I love Scat. Uh, there was Shyler. He's the little, uh, what the hell was Shyler? He was a, I'm going to mispronounce this, and he was a whiny, allergic, morbidly obese baby uh, edifosaurus. He'd be like one of those Maury babies when he would bring out the fat babies and wrap them in a diaper. That's what Shyler was. <laughs> uh, who else we got? Amber, she was a Corysaurus, and her and Dink had like this weird sexual tension going on, uh, and it's going to turn out down the road that uh, Amber is not going to be interested in Dink or anyone like Dink, I have a feeling, if you know what I mean. Uh, and then uh, Flapper, who was a lispy little pterodon. And then Krusty was the old uh, grandfather uh, turtle that kind of saw them. Because we don't know where the hell these kids' parents are. And that's what I figured out what this show is all about. Mm-hmm. It is, they just took our childhood. Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, where are these kids' parents? And then I realized when we were just running around outside having our little adventures, running away from T-Rexes and trying to return a tooth to a volcano... Our parents weren't there either. That's all this was about. It was a story of kids in the backyard and neighborhood having fun. With, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if their neighborhood was a prehistoric landscape. Yes. Uh, I think it still holds up. And there's actually, like, lessons to be taught in it. And whereas uh, uh, Land Before Time, I think, was this... It was cute. I mean, it's Spielberg. He's doing his thing. But I think by having it as a weekly show, you allowed more uh, development and more little short. And that's the other thing, too. These were only 11-minute episodes. Oh, so they're two per? They did two per show, which I think it's perfect for today. 
They uh, yeah, they do that a lot now. I mean, yeah. Recess did that. Weekenders did uh, that. Whereas there are um, some shows that I other shows I watch where I was halfway through. I'm like, oh my god, I can't. I, it was hard for me to actually get through some of these. And I loved these shows as a kid, but watching it now, doing my research and just kind of indulging, there were some that were great, and I would watch the entire thing like this is fantastic. And there were others that I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm only three minutes into this. Uh, Land before time. I mean, um. I think the littlest dinosaur, uh, definitely. Uh, I think they knew what they were doing, just doing shorter episodes to keep kids' attention spans. Uh, but let's see. Then I realized, oh, what was I doing? Where are my notes? See what happens? This is what happens. <laughs> I did this last week. Yeah, well, and now all my jokes. I make notes, and now I lose all my jokes. jokes. I had jokes. Oh. I had jokes, people. Uh, jokes and jokes and jokes. Joke. <laughs> Spaghetti. Yeah. But I did realize that the whole thing was so. <laughs> um, they're all herbivores, except for Scat, who's just a scavenger. comp. He's a scavenger. He's just a compy. So he's not just going to you know, kill, you know. Uh, yeah, he'll only eat his friends if someone else attacks him first. So that's what got me thinking. <laughs> All these little adventures and trouble. It's usually Scat's fault that he does something silly because of his appetite that gets them into trouble and almost gets them all killed. Ah, uh, so he's trying to Every get, okay. episode is just the story of Scat trying to get his friends killed so he can, so eat, he can eat their corpse. Okay. Well, I'm not, not going to say you're wrong because you're probably right. I wonder if the writers thought that. If not, there was never a final episode that I can uh, can look to. Maybe there was 21 episodes. Maybe just 22nd. Should we do... Uh, <coughs> I fan, have a proposal fan fiction. Fan, fan fiction. And then just like they did uh, with Futurama. Did you see the latest episode of Futurama? Mm-hmm. It's, just a, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's radio theater. We can do... And we could do the last episode of Dink. <laughs> Or Scat finally or, eats or, his or friends. Or Scat finally eats his friends. Yeah. I'm just I'm putting that out there, people. If you'd like us to do that. How, how long would I'm it take like, a compy to eat a Patasaurus by himself? I don't know, but we only need to kill 11 minutes. We do that in our <laughs> open. Oh, sure. Yeah, we could easily. A compy of eating an Apatosaurus by itself. Was it a full grown? No, he was the littlest dinosaur. <laughs> Duh. Uh, <laughs> So it would take long. Well, we have to assume how many years later he's he's more. He's, oh, he's we'll big do it. Now. We'll maybe it'll be their their teen years. He okay. finally figures it out. All right. So so we're staying in continuity. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, people hit us back if you want us to do this. We'll do it for you. So uh, should we move on? Now you said you talked about uh, cartoons that gave a lot of exposition up front. You didn't even need to really watch the episode after watching this open. This is the Triforce of Wisdom, Link. The evil wizard Ganon has the Triforce of Power. Whoever gets both Triforces will rule this land forever. You must help me, Link. Hey, for you, Zelda, anything. Rather than let the open tell you everything about it, I'll tell you a little bit about the show. Oh, but just as the music kicks in. 
<laughs> so I was this this was syndicated along with Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Mm-hmm. So Monday through Thursday, when you got home from school, you would catch an episode of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. On Fridays, they'd play Zelda. Is that how it was? Yeah. I was always I because in my mind, I couldn't I, find anything to say that was how it was everywhere. Uh-huh. But when I when I was a kid, that's how it was. I always got excited for when I would see Zelda, and you never it was always hit or miss. Like I felt like it was rolling the dice. Uh, like I never knew if there it was had a to be because in this area, that's how it was broadcast. Okay. Well, I, I still to this day have no concept of time or days. So, yeah, yeah. so Fridays was always a Zelda, and but there was only twelve ever produced, and one horrible crossover with Captain N and the Game Master. Ah, uh, yes, Captain N the Game Master, which didn't really follow continuity too well. They're kind of like, you know, changed voices, and well, but he still had his catchphrase. Well, excuse me, princess. You know, links really. So they kept the show really simple. There was. Uh, Really, four main characters, uh, and it was Link, Zelda, Ganon, and Sprite, which was kind of like uh, the fairy from uh, Ocarina of Time before the fairy of Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. existed. She was in love with Link. You know, Link's in love with the princess. It's a you know, will they, won't they, Sam and Diane type thing. Uh, but uh, Zelda, Princess Zelda, is like the heroine of the show. She like Link's just kind of a buffoon. Yeah. Who has who's like good for some things, but Zelda's the real heroine. Uh, there was only two games out from Zelda at this point: The Legend of Zelda and The Adventures of Link. And uh, she in those games was nothing but just a damsel in distress. And but the cartoon made her uh, like the boss. Mm-hmm. And I guess they thought like since the games were called Legend of Zelda. You know, she should be a more prominent character. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming. Yeah, it, it was funny too because I mean, you're, you're saying that there's not a great story arc uh, to these cartoons. Well, there were. Oh, it was okay. okay. They, they kept it simple though. Like if sure. she she'd get caught though, she wouldn't always have to rely on Link to save her. Mm-hmm. Like she'd figure out how to get on out on her own a lot. You know, Ganon was always trying to to capture her, and mm-hmm. he was. You know, he had his. And they used a lot of the sounds from the video game, as the Mario Brothers show did. I mean, um, but it would... I mean, you're looking a couple of years down there after this, though. Because when did this run? Uh, 1989 to 91. 91. So eventually, then you have... You're going to have Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, and eventually Ocarina of Time. All of these heavily story-driven, deep, you know, well-written... Right. You know, it, this was... This was before pretty much any video game, really. Right, and there was there was a lot of uh, Shigeru Miyamoto had a lot of lore and everything in in Zelda, but mm-hmm. this was you know they weren't involved. You had to read the instruction manual. Yeah, right. I mean, who fucking did that? I, I actually I did. I was I would look pour over the minutia mm-hmm. of those instruction manuals. I was always confused why there was a spot to get in it. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah, they should have they should have edited that for the American version, but mm-hmm. it's actually uh, technically it's not. Because the, it's not, it's straight, not turned at an angle, and it's an Egyptian symbol of like luck or some shit like that. Right. The Nazis stole it. Yeah, the Nazis stole it. It was a Buddhist symbol mm-hmm. for luck. It's been yeah, it's been used across cultures, but now it's kind of yeah, a little taboo. Right. <laughs> uh, so they made 
link into this like really, really, really pain in the ass, like lovable skank, but he was really like whiny and uh, skank, scamp, scamp. He was really whiny and uh, like that catchphrase, "Excuse me, Prince." You know, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of if you cast this now, who you would put in that role of Link. Like if you did a live action, uh, that'd like be someone some, we never heard of, yeah, or like some like some meathead. Uh, right, like, like Channing Tatum. Yeah, he's almost like surfer, surfer Link esque. Yeah. Would you? And there's like. A lot of sexual harassment, <laughs> like a lot, <laughs> in this show. Like, like every episode, he Link is just a straight up fucking pervert. <laughs> like he, he would be on Megan the Megan's Law website <laughs> that existed back then. Uh, like always wants a kiss from Zelda. Always trying to show off his hookshot. <laughs> it's creepy. Like. To a level of that does not exist in cartoons anymore. Uh, like she'll like refuse a kiss, and he will like not let her leave until he gets one. <laughs> yeah, that that's kidnapping and sexual assault. Right. Yeah. So this show could not exist in modern society because we've grown as a society. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she was fully capable of uh, handling herself. No. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and she would. Um, was... uh, but uh, to be fair, <laughs> Sprite the Fairy was also a pervert <laughs> who wanted Link really bad. Um, so it was they were just one step away from Rule Thirty Four. Oh my God! Yeah, I think I think. Do you think in their free time these guys would, as they're doodling off to the side, just drawing horrific scenes? Or do you think they're there? And if I we slow think, it down, I, I would have to imagine every artist of every cartoons did like doodled them in compromising positions. Mm -hmm. But you're you're thinking this from your mindset, as I am too. Right. I'm sure there are people out there that are not nearly as sick and twisted and. Yeah, I guess you know, so. Well, you know how Navi was like in love. Navi or whatever her name was was in love with with Link in in uh, Ocarina time, mm -hmm. and she's also very annoying. But it was a great it was a great addition. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Sprite constantly hounds Link for love and attention and is just uh, really pissed he's in love with Zelda. And in fact, there was an episode where uh, uh, Sprite in the cartoon wants to help Link bathe, <laughs> mm -hmm. offers to help him bathe. Uh, how that got passed, I mean... We're, we're talking about the 80s when there's the parents' television. It was before cable. This this wouldn't... This was before that the IE or whatever. Mm -hmm. had to be, you know, this was before television had to be yeah. educational. Which, <clears throat> I feel... What, and I have, I have issue with that. Like, I would almost be on... Now it's like a death sentence to have that IE put on your show where I feel like it should be the other way around. Like, if I'm going to put something out there, I would be honored to have that. I feel like rather than having IE on your show, so when you turn it on, parents can go, oh, good, they're going to learn something here. It should be the other way around, like a DS for dog shit, <laughs> where it's like, no, this is dog shit. Turn on uh, Jack Hanna showing, you know, introducing a clip from 1983 so we go back and everything's letterboxed. Um, yeah. Or that Mo Rocca show. I like that one. So this was... 
this was uh, the the Watchdogs did do something to the show. They completely neutered the violence, like cut it all out completely. He never slashes or stabs anything with the sword. Hmm. It's always a full heart power. That's the only maneuver mm-hmm. he's got. Like a ninja turtle. Um, yeah, exactly like that. Like he couldn't use his sword. Like like uh like a secret of the U is neutered. Like cut cut its nuts off completely. No, he couldn't even stab the skeletons. Uh, oh, would, come on. Yeah, the sta- the Stalfos, he mm-hmm. couldn't even stab them. It was, but they're already dead. Yeah, I know. It was a, a power surge. Um, but, you know, that's that's what you get in the 80s. You could have um, rapey heroes, and uh, uh, he could yeah. use he could use his weapon in his pants all he wants, but the, the one he's holding... Huh. Unless he's well, holding that one. Where now it's completely twisted around, where now if you even see side boob, people lose their mind, but you can show grotesque violence. Is it? Because I, the only cartoon I watch is on Cartoon Network, and it's after hours, and it's Rick and Morty, and they say fuck. Oh, sure. Well, I'm just, in, in general, the attitude of, you know, everyone's terrified of. I, I think it's changed. It's, get, because it's getting from what better. Because Adventure, from what I hear, Adventure Time and Steven Universe are really like thoughtful and brilliant mm-hmm. cartoons. It's these people that grew up, like well, oh, our I'm, generation. I'm not even saying cartoons. I'm talking like TV in general. It's still the idea that, you know, just violence. Yeah, broadcast. Okay, but bro. cable is fucking off the oh, leash. Yeah. Well, they finally realized, it's like, oh, wait, we don't have to follow these stupid ass rules that you put in place back in the 50s. Right. 40s. Like even the new DuckTales was really the, the good it's just phenomenal. I think it's great. So, yeah. It's very thoughtful. A lot of great inside jokes, too. A lot of good Donald Duck. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a Legend of Zelda cartoon. Quite obscure. Only 12 episodes were made. No shit. No wonder I never saw it when it was on. Yeah. So that could last you almost a full seat. Yeah, I mean, as much as they repeated this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it lasts longer than Chevy Chase. Yeah, absolutely. Now, my next pick... Uh, I wasn't necessarily a fan of this, but uh, um, so I didn't really watch it. The, I did watch it. Imagine now you're watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Yeah. All right. And now for the, let's say, 476th time, you're watching this on a Saturday morning, uh, post cartoons, or maybe a, let's say Sunday morning, because you're sitting in your beanbag chair eating still leftover Domino's. Right. And you're at the point now. The music's kicking up. The Foot Clan are climbing up the ladder. Casey Jones backs the fucking dump truck into the ladder, knocks them all down, and you're excited. What's going to happen next? And you hear this. Gem and the Hologram. Yeah, well, see, um, Gem is your name. Uh, Was this Deke? I mean, I forgot to mention uh, my first two picks were Deke. <laughs> uh, uh, Sumbo, Marvel, and Hasbro. So I'm guessing Deke probably distributed it. Um, my sister taped over the end of Ninja Turtles with Gem and the Holograms uh, 
so it was kind of heartbreaking. I, I still don't know to this day what happened on that rooftop. Uh, so Jem was just another wave to, again, it Hasbro doing their thing. This was Hannah Montana before Hannah Montana, right? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. This my it, my sister was a big fan. This was this was syndicated on uh, on uh, the <clears throat> USA Cartoon Express. Yeah, it was syndicated. It, it was produced for uh, syndication. Mm. Uh, ran from eighty five to eighty eight initially, sixty five episodes, um, and it was very very eighties. I mean, the entire it all based off of that eighties glam rock girl just. Uh, Oh, it's materialism to the nines. It's Did you watch any about. of these? Oh, yeah. I went back and, I, like I said, I was doing my research and I had to watch Gem. In fact, this goddamn song is stuck in my head so bad. That's from the second season. Uh, we Are Gem, I think, is the title so of the... I'm I'm looking at who made this and I, I clearly, this was made to sell dolls, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, the problem is the... To produce the toys and stuff went up going up against Barbie, who's already a monster. It wasn't cost effective, so they actually the show lasted longer than the toy run. Made made by the company who invented creating a uh, sh- a show to sell toys, mm-hmm. and He Man. Yeah, so it it didn't last. Uh, the toys weren't selling. But the, the show lasted longer, yeah, than the toy line. Uh, it's all about the glamour, glitter, fashion, and fame. Who was, who was the Misfits were the, the, the competing band? Yeah, the Misfits. So what happened was Jem, uh, because this is, it is really all about uh, nothingness, about materialism and nothing behind it, and earning nothing uh, to get what you get, because Jem's uh, father dies. And she inherits half of the company. Uh, some asshole inherits the other half for some reason. And he immediately, just to be a dick, starts kicking everyone out and firing people and then brings in the misfits, which are the bad girl that, you know, play instruments. And they, uh, they have dark makeup on and they're mean for no reason. And Jem has no redeeming quality whatsoever except that her father owned a record label and ran a uh, house for wayward girls. And so Jem and her friends um, fall into some tomfoolery from time to time. But then uh, a, uh, what would you call it, a hologram, hence Jem and the Holograms, appears. And her father, aside from running a record label and uh, a home shelter for girls created a machine that can generate holograms and physical manifestations thereof and also earrings that can project these holograms and uh, that becomes Jem's power. She wears her earrings and she changes her look. So even though you can interact with her, what you're seeing when she becomes Jem is all hologram. Hologram. Uh, There's a lot of singing in this show, right? Yes, they actually produced individual music videos uh, for it, and they would just at times there would be songs within the show, and then there were other times where they would just break from the action, the Beavis and Butthead style, and just play a music video. And they they would air the, like the little thing at the bottom, yeah, they would, right? Yeah, they just would like MTV. Tag it. Yeah. yeah, this was this was born out of MTV. I mean, this was what they were going for. They're like, well, MTV's got this going for them. Let's, Let's steal make it. it. <laughs> Let's steal it. Yeah, pretty. It was much. successful, right? 
Yeah, it, ran it was for very a while. popular. Yeah. yeah, my sister loved it. Yeah, my my sister was all about it. And it, but again, I don't know if she had many of the toys. She might have had. No, like I some don't of know the, if there was any toy or, like yeah. that she had. Like there was. Yeah, she had Barbies, but she, mm-hmm. she had tons of fucking. Uh, what do they call My Little Ponies, which mm-hmm. made a resurgence. Yeah. But the original line of My Little Ponies, they had a kind of like, I think, uh, maybe home video specials, but I don't know if they had a regular cartoon. But that was also Hasbro, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you can tell that it's Hasbro because like the Misfits, they're just, they're pretty much the dreadnoughts <laughs> of of Gemini Holograms. They just, they have that exact same look. They hold, and you know what? Fuck. It's Zartan. She is Zartan. Yeah. That's all it is. She uses her hologram to change her look. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, they basically. Or the Decepticons and Autobots. Yeah. We talked about the Pretender series. Uh, yeah. The th- that's Hasbro. Yeah. So, all right. So they. <laughs> they G.I. Joe Cobra. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the Misfits hold Congress hostage and like, we're going to keep you here and play you a song. Oh, just like Cobra does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 a peach. I mean, uh, uh, did you watch the movie they made that apparently had nothing Ooh, to do with the show? No, and apparently it pissed off a lot of fans, fans were pissed yeah. because well, what they did was they the producers put this video out there saying, "Hey, send us clips of you saying how much you love Gem and the holograms," and then you know girls do, and they're like, "Oh, it changed my life, and Gem means the world to me, and it's all about women's empowerment, which I don't think it is. It's all about well, yeah, materialism well, to be... It's about... Prete- created by a female. Yeah, but it's be, all about female. pretending to be someone you're not. Right. Well, I mean... Why wouldn't... Why would she pretend to be a rock star? Why not pretend to be a scientist and cure cancer? Thanks, Gem. I mean, everyone wants to be a rock star squeezer. I want to be a scientist. <laughs> or a history teacher or something stupid. I just make the world well, a better place. be... You're, yeah. you're a smart boy. We, uh, well, she couldn't have been Bono. How about that? Be Bono. Mm. I can't um, stand Bono. Again, though, there, again, there's this ridiculous uh, love triangle, too, going on. We talk about Link. The, Rio, uh, I'm sure, based off the Duran Duran song, was the uh, uh, young Latin man that took care of the house with the girls, and he was like the guy. But he was in love with Jem, but he was also in love with Jerica. Which was her alter ego. Her alter- so it is like my uh, what's that Miley Cyrus show? I think that was the whole deal with that. Really? Okay, yeah. but this guy's. I mean, he's. I mean, he's a real piece of garbage. Like if you were Jerica or Jem, you obviously know that this guy is cheating on you with another person back and forth. Have some self esteem and kick this piece of shit out the door. Well, that, that's the whole Superman Lois Lane thing too. Yeah, just this. Uh, have some. Have some self worth. Come on. Maybe he knows because I always thought Lois Lane knew. And yeah, she just played it and up. he's playing playing it up. Maybe. I mean, I mean, all it is is it's all of a sudden it's like, wow, you took this girl and now she has big frizzy hair and makeup. Like, is, yeah, like Clark. Uh, what else was that done in? Uh, well, MC Ham the uh, Hammer Time show. I was going to talk that. Oh yeah. Yeah, but at least at least Clark Kent had the common courtesy to take his glasses off, whereas all of a sudden it just became a guy with balloon pants on. Looked exactly the same, really? but you didn't know his secret identity. Didn't the new kids on the block also have a cartoon now that we're thinking about I'm it? I'm sure they did. I think they might have. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, and and the best part about it is, as I'm watching this, uh, the Synergy is the name of the hologram machine lady. Um, when the misfits kidnap the machine, 
all they do is unplug it from the wall. So this massive machine that can generate holograms across the globe via a direct connect to these earrings runs off 120 volts in the side of your wall. Well, I it, mean, it's, yeah. didn't even have a like one of those washing machine plugs? No, no, standard two-prong Edison. I don't even think it was grounded. I mean, I would think something like that would run three-phase. We can start getting technical here. Maybe 220. Yeah, you're right. But I would assume that you would have to have an electrician come and tie in. Just for that. <laughs> but I, I think they might, have, they might have, but then they edit it for time because they're waiting for the electrician. Then he's got to show up with his dog. And you know, it just it's a whole five minutes worth of watching him tie pigtails in. And <laughs> most people have no idea what the hell I'm talking about right now. Well, yeah, you lost. As, you, as they would have <laughs> lost their audience, I think you lost yours. But uh, that's a good segue to move on. It's the Pound Puppy! Here's Cooler, Whopper, Nose Marie, Bright Eyes, and Howler! puppy and i don't know if i ever watched this cartoon squeezer on television but it was that uh fhe family home entertainment family home entertainment videos remember that logo it was like a red uh blue and yellow over like a paper it was drawn like by a kid over like the the paper that you used in like uh, i don't know I can't think of words that I use out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But you know when you draw on paper and it was columns ruled, but it, it had like it was like two lines with a dotted line in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how. It, okay, that's the logo for him. So we'd get we'd rent this from Blockbuster, and uh, well now we had pound puppies, of course. Mm-hmm. And Cooler was the best. Everyone wanted Cooler. He kind of sounded like the Fonz in the show, <laughs> and I kind of was weirdly, oddly turned on by Nose Marie. <laughs> <laughs> they. Did a good job at that, didn't they? Yeah. Maybe that's what messed us up. Right. Stop the anthropomorphized, sexualized cartoon animals. Yeah. That's she'd always want to like, like, like talk about like sexual harassment. She'd always want to like just get cooler to fuck her, and he was oblivious. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like a modern day <laughs> cooler sometimes. Um, and then uh, Howler was like the dork who like, like figured everything out. Like uh, ran their little station that picked up like. Like uh, they they had that little like electronic station and the pound, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Bright Eyes was like the the girl who figured out the plots. Like she was like the what was the dork girl in, in Scooby Doo? Velma. Velma. Yeah, she was like the Velma. Man, everyone had a team that everything kind of. I think that's the problem. No one really has a group of people that can do every like everyone has a specialty. Right. Most people are just grossly incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. And um, Whopper was a little baby dog. That, And then there was like a a, uh, a, a young girl who would uh, uh, be with them uh, as well. And uh, I think her name was Holly. Yeah, Holly. Uh, but uh, yeah, they their pound puppies would win. Um, you know go out and save other dogs and like, from evil humans that would beat the shit out of them. 
the one I watched was they found this little dog who's like, humans are bad. It was all beat up, and they, they had to prove to him that human, some, some humans were bad, others were good. But, a, a lot of these shows did have a very uh, uh, earthy animal rights uh, people are they they just really drove wrote on the stereotypes of like the evil industrialist versus mother nature if you will um, a lot of these shows yeah. like they just it drew a very black and white lines and you know montana max is the bad guy and yeah right yeah. right right well this was this was uh you know based on a toy line obviously but, mm-hmm. but it was produced by hannah barbera so it had that very Hanna Barbera look to it, and um, which was quality. Uh, it w- and there was a television special in '85 that this series was was based be, uh, on. Um, and I think they started another Pound Puppy show. They relaunched Pound Puppies mm-hmm. uh, in 2010, I believe. There was a second one, but Nancy Cartwright was a voice on the show. Oh yeah, yeah, prior to her Simpsons fame. So yeah, that was. I, I, they're on, of course. I, all these shows are on uh, YouTube, so you can go back and relive. It did make this re- very easy. Yeah, almost hard. There's like too <laughs> much to pick from. There was, yeah, there was. I'll, I'll send me send me uh, a good episode of each of these, so I could put it. On, I'll post them all on our our website. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah, pound puppies. I don't, I don't have to speak any longer. I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, when we, we thought obscure cartoons, I started thinking in my head like, like we all remember pound puppies, but do you really remember it being a cartoon? You know, I don't even remember it, it being a cartoon on TV. I particularly remember it being a watching tape. it on tape. Yeah, watching yeah. the tape. Yeah. All right, and here we go with squeezers. <laughs> We're in the land of was the heaven twice the fun Cause every single thing is really two in one A little bit of this, a little bit of that And when you add it up, you get a lot of less Ooh, they got originality Living with split personality With a wuzzle Ooh, yeah With a wuzzle yeah wasn't this Disney? Uh, this was Disney. It was produced by Disney. This is the brainchild of one Michael Eisner. Ah, uh, what a dick. Yeah. This, uh, so there's a, a time we wax fantastic. We look back at the Saturday morning cartoons with some rosy-ass glasses. We all do. We all do. But we know the animation was not necessarily to par with, uh, no, well, um, let's say, Disney. Uh, filmation. <clears throat> Filmation made a uh, career out of shitty yeah, animation. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, basically the whole reason for Saturday morning cartoons to exist and the reason we have the EI that we were talking about before was Hasbro wanted to sell toys <clears throat> and they, they found this was, it was basically, we talk about, you know, late night infomercials. Saturday mornings was a big infomercial. That's all it was. Yeah. So there was the commercials in between the shows were for the toys. Yes, and like and the the, the com- like the Ghostbusters cartoon was a Ghostbusters toy commercial. Not saying that there's anything. Not no, it, it, I disagree. The Ghostbusters cartoon was not a Ghostbusters toy commercial because so- Kenner didn't make any of those fucking ghosts. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But fair enough. But it made you want the made you. 
Yeah, well, when, it was mean, the blueprint to play. Sure, but uh, <clears throat> so Disney, but Ghostbusters was there was smart Halloween door when oh. Halloween was forever. Oh god, it was so good. Well, I'm not I'm not knocking it in any way whatsoever. Yeah, but uh, so Disney threw their hat in the ring and they produced two animated series. Let me guess the other one. Back in '85, was it Gummy Bears? It was Gummy Bears. Oh. And For some these, reason I associate these two together. Yes, well, they were produced at the same time, pitched at the same time, aired at the same time. These two shows, Disney made two competing shows. One was on <clears throat> CBS and the other was the, on NBC. The Wuzzles ran on CBS and, yep, Gummy Bears ran on NBC. They had this the, is before they owned ABC. Y- yes. And well, <laughs> eventually, uh, the Wuzzles got shit canned after, uh, after one season. Uh, what happened was, <clears throat> they were syndicated voice. then. Were it they was, on probably Disney Channel? ABC. Oh, was it? ABC bought it up af- after uh, CBS dumped it after 13 episodes, and Bill Scott, who was the voice of Moozle, who was a mix of a moose and a seal, mm-hmm. uh, after he passed, uh, they canceled the series, which I think was kind of a uh, almost an excuse for CBS because he also provided the voice on a voice on Gummy Bears, there are a couple people that provided voices on Gummy Bears that passed, and they kept it going. They replaced people. Um, but they canned it, and ABC picked it up and ran it in reruns uh, for a couple years after, I, which I'm sure is where I watched it more because 85 would have been two or three. Uh, and then, yeah, ABC ran it. Uh, Gummy Bears won out. And in the long run, too, <clears throat> pardon me, in the long run, too, because everyone still remembers Gummy Bears. Well, that's because it was on Disney Afternoon. Yeah. It was one yeah. of the first. Wuzzles Disney. didn't. Uh, I remember Wuzzles. Oh, I, re- I remember. But I had, I had the, a toy Gummy Bears that were like a bouncing ball, but it was also like kind of a stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. That would bounce. And again, though, they, they didn't shy away from trying to, to sell these things. There were Wuzzle toys out there. Um, you had your. And it, was, it got a lot more love in the UK. It survived overseas longer um got more play over there but the wuzzles it takes place in the land of was which is basically if at the other end of the rainbow instead of like oz or something at the other end of the rainbow is the island of uh dr Moreau. it's basically yeah, well, it's yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> where they everything is blended of uh two creatures everything is like the land of was everything's Blended even even the flies are flants, I think they're called. They're flies and ants. Well, they exist. <laughs> even though they start sting while well, flying ants, but these are flies and ants. They kind of, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, so you have Bumble Lion. He's kind of like your lead go-to strongman, uh, your, your, <clears throat> your, your leader character, if you will. And he's part bum, Bumblebee and Lion. More Lion than he is Bumblebee. Uh, Butterbear. Which is a uh, butterfly and a bear? Yes. Yeah. And then you got Elaru, which is uh, part elephant, part kangaroo. Moozle, we spoke of. And uh, Hopopotamus, which is part bunny, half hippo. And uh, Rhino Monkey, Rhino Monkeys, part rhino, half part monkey. With really bad dad jokes mixed in. Was my favorite. Was Elavru wasn't that in the movie uh, Old School 
wasn't he playing Elru? Uh, he they had the I furry costume. If any, if I when I saw if I saw old school once and I was half in the bag, so oh, I don't I remember. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, the same formula. Basically, it it's there's nothing really. The just the inside jokes that it is everything's like a mix. That is kind of the running gag. Beyond that, it's the same as every other Saturday morning cartoon. It's the, it's gummy bears. It's whatever you want to throw it in there. Just kind of take something and mix it together. So it, again, it had lasting appeal too. Whereas gummy bears kind of had a, I, I thought it had stronger writing yeah, too. He was Elleru at the birthday party, at the kids' birthday party. Okay, wow, way wow. to dig deep. Wow, uh, but they're almost Spanglish was his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There, uh, there almost wasn't no wuzzles because there was a lawsuit actually. Why is that? Uh, initially, there were the what's. Apparently, once wuzzles was in development, a lawsuit was brought in New York courts, and someone came up with the idea of the what's, and it would, again, it was a mismatch, mishmash of two creatures, and they tried to sue Disney, and the judge is like, "Well, this was just an idea." Wuzzles are already in production, an idea you can't copyright, so they can go ahead with this. Uh, no, and an idea did. you can Which, copyright. Hmm? You can copyright uh, an idea. There, but it has to be flushed no, out. Yes, yeah, just flushed out. There's no evidence of this idea existing. Right. So you can almost argue that this was like a hindsight thing. You might have heard whispers and you're like, oh, well, we were already doing this. And There was just a court case about this just a few days ago was decided upon. Um some guy tried to sue Sylvester Stallone saying he pitched Creed to him on Twitter and he came up with the idea for Creed, but there was no evidence that there was no evidence that he was um, mm-hmm. ever uh, that that the, the judge said, well, you can't. Well, of course, Creed sued for using copyrighted material of Rocky. That's all his mm-hmm. property. Sure. He pitched the idea, you know, just to <clears throat> counter sue. But the judge was like. There's no proof that he ever saw or read. He never replied. Like mm-hmm. you can't just put this out there. That's why you have to go if you're going to pitch something. Usually, don't pitch on Twitter, <laughs> or don't pitch on Twitter. But they usually most piece places won't even read anything unless it comes through an agent. Yes, or another another body. Yes. You know. But yes, that uh, just happened. How's your voice? Is okay? Now, what I don't happened? Know. It just left all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden, I was because I was flying high after that um, roll in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Wuzzles. You got any more on that? No, no, no. We should... The uh, show's going long already. I, I think everyone... I think it's worth checking out. This was one of those where it was... Uh, I didn't say tough to sit through a whole episode, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was still it was still fun. A lot of it's... Bit, like, you know, each episode gets a character and they do their thing. My next one, it's tough. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Tomatoes. My sister was oddly obsessed with this show. Huh. 
Now, this show wouldn't have happened. And the sequel to... This is based on a movie, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. The sequel to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes in this show came from an episode of Muppet Babies. So there was, a, during the 86-87 season of Muppet Babies, there was a segment in episode The Weirdo Zone upon which baby Fozzie deals with how he once faced an attack of the silly tomatoes. You know how he would always do that shtick where he'd get tomatoes thrown mm-hmm. at him because yeah. it was bad waka waka jokes? The segment used clips from the movie because, you know, they'd always do that, mm-hmm. and concluded with Baby Fozzie using a giant-sized ketchup bottle to capture the silly tomatoes. Uh, he told bad jokes, and the large tomatoes launched themselves at him. Uh, and then he caught them in the bottle uh, when he ducked out of the way. So uh, New World Pictures, which produced Muppet Babies uh, and was the owner of Marvel Productions, approached Foursquare about a deal to make a sequel to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Which was itself a black car, uh, like a horror spoof, a spoof of like the big monster mm-hmm. genre. Uh, they never intended to make a sequel, but they came at him with two million dollars, and they said, "All right, well then." Then they made Return of the Killer Tomatoes, which was like a surprise success. It was a it, it's a funny movie if you've never seen the Attack mm-hmm. of the Revenge of the Killer. They're really fun. Uh, so they were so pleased with the results that um, they came to a Fox Television network with a, a pitch for a cartoon. And there you go, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, um, nineteen fall of nineteen ninety. Um, I so. remember the mer- there was merchandising based around. Oh it. yeah, there was a lot of toys. A lot of um, toys. I don't know, but they always it always stood out. It was like it was one of those things where we'd have one piece from it, and then it would kind of get mixed in with all mm-hmm. my other toys, Just like, like I, a food fighter. Yeah, exactly. Or See, yeah. this came, like, uh, around the same time they were doing a lot of these uh, these 70s and 80s monster horror movies. They were re- rebranding into cartoons, Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, Toxic Avenger. Uh, also got, and they were also environmentally friendly because, of course, Captain Planet mm-hmm. was a huge hit. But, yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes <laughs> was fucking weird. Uh, you know, tomatoes are, are, are outlawed. Uh, this one... They they hide at this this tomatoless pizza shop, <laughs> you know, and they, they worry about they talk about the Great Tomato War, which was the events of the first movie, and um, it's funny though. It's I, I I like it. I think it's uh, uh, it was a funny show, and it still holds up. I I chuckled a couple times when I was watching. Um, and I think it only lasted uh, yeah two seasons, and yeah, it's longer than most. Yeah, but I, they 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 changed the whole show, and uh, from season one to two, it was it was different style of animation, and um, it went from uh, uh, to being commu- uh, computer animated in the second season. Hmm. So it was like really weird. Uh, computer animated in ninety one, ninety two. Ninety one, yeah. Oh, that's so. This it used to be like standoff, like you could just watch any episode and laugh. Mm-hmm. And they did away with that in favor of an ongoing storyline. Do kids uh, have the attention span for that? No. I, okay. I don't have it now. Um, you Fair know how hard it was for Chantress to get me to watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, uh, thank God season seven came along for you. Right. No more than eight episodes were made for the second season, and they were shown out of sequence. Uh, so an ongoing storyline. Eight episodes were made for this ongoing storyline, and they were shown out of sequence. 
So like, uh, who else did that? That's guilty. X Men, right? Isn't that what happened yeah, when they started reshowing X Men? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's Fox for you. Yeah. Uh, so you're if you're better if you're taking a show to Fox, you're better <laughs> off uh, doing what uh, Batman did. One offs. Yeah. But yeah, that's Attack of the T- Killer Tomatoes. I'll I'll throw one. I'll throw a good one up on. Uh, uh, radiers.com. Rob Paulson was the voice of Mamedo. And I was mm. talking about his podcast, uh, Talking Tunes. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. It's pretty good. He was also the voice of uh, Yakko on Animaniacs and Pinky. And um, uh, Maurice LaMarche, I believe is his last name, was, was the brand, does the Orson Welles voice. He's also on the podcast quite often. Talking Tunes, Rob Paulson. Good show. But uh, moving on to your number four. Deep, deep in the forest, far away from everywhere, with a bunch of mighty little critters, they're called the pawpaw bears. These are brave and fearless pawpaws, as everyone well knows. When you get in trouble, and this goes double, you call the pawpaw bears. Pawpaw bears. that you thought you had have vanished in the air. So don't forget those pawpaws. They'll come from everywhere. If you get in trouble, and this goes double, you call the pawpaw bears. So, pawpaw bears. I didn't even, this didn't even, I mean, I watched this, uh-huh. but I, and I had toys too. Yeah. But it didn't, the little three-inch vinyl figures? Yeah, yep. yeah, it didn't re-enter my brain until you were like, paw, paw, bear. I don't know how it popped in there. I don't know. Maybe I was just randomly walking. We talked about doing the cartoon show, and I was just walking through my house trying to just think of something racist to say, <laughs> and uh, paw, paw, bears popped into my head. Uh, so, it, you know, because, I mean, it's not the Redskins, if you will, and, you know, sometimes people... You say when people are being oversensitive, then you sound like the bad guy. I think it was innocent enough. You know, there, there's casual racism, there's real racism, and then there's creating an amalgamation of everything Native American, anthropomorphizing them into little bears, and then just blurting it all out on the screen at one time. I think the the general inaccuracy of everything involved, having the TPs next to the wigwams next to an igloo, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and every kind of little bit of culture, over-the-top culture. And this was Hanna-Barbera. Mind. It was Hanna-Barbera. Um, it's their response to the Smurfs making a shit ton of cash, but then having to pay out a licensing fee because the Smurfs come from uh, somewhere over on the other side of the Germany, ocean. Germany, yeah. Uh, Germany, I thought I thought it was one of those colder places, slightly north. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. You know, uh, the pitch <clears throat> for the Snorks was Smurfs underwater. Yeah. Uh, well, this this is um, Smurfs with uh, what's the word that they use now? When if I make a taco, what am I doing? I'm not because I'm not allowed to make tacos anymore because I'm uh, cultural appropriation. What is it called? Oh, co- cultural appropriation. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. I forgot they have a, a phrase. But basically, we'll take all this culture and slap it on a Smurf, 
make them fuzzy and brown, and then we could smell sell little uh, Belgian. I'm sorry, it's Belgian. Belgian. Okay, little little Native American figures with uh, you know, we'll take a Smurf, give it some hair and a feather in its head, and uh, my biggest problem with it is it's like all these little Indians are cute and cuddly and love nature. Uh, look, it wasn't like it was a. Uh, uh, field of dreams over here, and then white man showed up. It was pretty brutal, and uh, there was a reason why Native Americans sided with some Americans against others. They hated each other. Mm. They were more willing to fight with America, with the United States, to kill each other than to all get together. I mean, that's why. I mean, you talk about a big Native American army against the U.S. I mean, they're like putting together maybe like five thousand people or something like that. That's all mm-hmm. they could do. But anywho. They also, like, you know, were, you know, there was one ep- I watched where they're trying to get food to save all the furry critter animals. Animals were delicious to Native Americans. They loved to eat them. Yeah, they respected them to an extent, but they weren't like, oh, we have to take one. And No, they were herding buffalo off a cliff, and they take what they could get. I didn't know we were going into a... Oh, sorry. No, no. I'm yeah. I'm looking at this from a different racist angle. Just right. a misunderstanding. This. Uh, uh, are this we polishing. still talking pawpaw bears? Uh, pawpaw bears. Did the pawpaw bears round a buffalo and pu- move them off a, a cliff? Well, no. They would. Well, uh, dark paw would have. They'd probably he, eat their young because they're bears. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Bears are. F- Winnie the Pooh is an asshole. Okay. <laughs> the only reason Winnie the Pooh was eating honey is because he didn't have. Winnie the Pooh, the second he saw another Pooh bear with a cub, he would have killed the cub so he can have sex with the mother. That's all he wants to do. And if the mother bear was hungry, she would have eaten that. And Piglet would have been delicious. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Christopher Robin would have been left with nothing but, you know, a flayed carcass. And, and Pooh would have eaten the bees. Oh, absolutely. Along with the honey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Dark Paw would have just killed all the buffalo and one. He was the evil one. He mm. was the evil Papa. So his right, goal yeah, was I remember that. Yeah, Papa, and he had his two little uh, minos, his two little minions, and they were very uh, slapsticky, incompetent bad guys. You were never threatened by Dark Paw. They were basically like a Three Stooges uh, uh-huh. act going on. But their their goal was to steal um, part of the totem pole. Again, misappropriation, just this whole amalgam of Indian culture just smashed into one little thing. So I'm not saying that you have to be accurate when making a cartoon. It's just, it definitely would have pushed kids into the, uh, you'd have to go and read a history book as a kid to get a real lesson out of this. But yeah, you had the bear, eagle, and tortoise totem that had like different powers and they'd come and save the day for the pawpaws but they'd always try to steal one of their uh, oh, so one of their toys. Those toys that we were talking about were made by Applause. Can Applause not make anything other than just vinyl? Uh, just mold stuff? Yeah, blow Pro- mold. Maybe, I guess. I mean, know what's funny, though? As a kid, now I look back and I'm like, why would I just want something that can't do anything as a kid? But now as an adult, it's like that's almost what I want, just something cool to check well, out. That you know, is like, pop figures. Pop figure, yeah. you know, fucking vinyl everything. Right. It's all that um, doesn't sell anymore. What killed me here is, and this is what I was talking about uh, earlier, it, it, where show you said like like uh, Camp Candy doesn't hold up. For me, this is where Dink came through at eleven minutes. Watching a Paw Paw episode at twenty two minutes long, it was tough to get through. 
I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was adorable. It was fun. It was very, uh, it was nice nostalgia to walk to walk that uh, trail of tears, if you will. Sure. Um, but it was, it was tough. I was like maybe eight minutes in. I'm like, all right, this should be wrapping up soon. No, you guys are stretching this. We're, and I'm just watching the timeline tick down. It was, it was, it was a bit rough. And I, I think had Andrew Jackson been sitting here trying to watch this, he would have put an end to it much, much sooner. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, we talked just now about the Smurfs and you talked about the gummy bears and, uh, <clears throat> we all know that the Chipmunks, we talked about them on the show before, were very popular. And they were on NBC on Saturday mornings, which was my go-to before Fox Kids. And one of my favorite things about Saturday mornings on NBC was this show. singing the song to, to Gordon Shumway. That, that, that would be like Pig singing to me. <laughs> yes. So the ALF TV show originally was much more adult when it came on because it was, you know, an adult sitcom. ALF would drink alcohol, for instance, and amongst other things. Mm-hmm. But once they realized kids fucking loved this show, they toned it down big time. Mm-hmm. With that tone down... Uh, NBC was like, oh, shit, now it's a perfect opportunity. We need to get a cartoon. So they ordered. for me before bedtime. So, yeah, that was the opening is just a dream for Alf. And the Paul Fusco, the voice of Alf, does the voice on this show. So it wasn't a knockoff. And But this took place. This was Alf's earlier years with the Melmacki, the Shumway family, the Melmackians on Melmac. Which is kind of dark, knowing that everyone's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're watching all these adventures of, of, of Gordon. Uh, they never called him Alf on the show like uh, they did on the mm-hmm. cartoon. It was just Gordon on the planet Mel Mac, having freshly graduated high school at the ripe young age of 193. Yes. Uh, the biggest difference between the animated Alf and the puppet Alf where you always saw the full version and he always wore his Hawaiian shirt. I had the, the doll with a wine mm-hmm. shirt. They, they, they did a lot of merchandising then on the show. They really capitalized as much as they could off of, off of any kind of out they can. Yeah, I had the vinyl, uh, the hell did you call them? You know, the little sticker. Uh, puffy stickers? Not the puffy sticker, the, the little color vine, forms. Color forms, color yeah. forms, thank you. Yeah, I had a color form Alf. Uh, uh, so <laughs> it was. Uh, it started airing on NBC in um, 1987 to 1989. So is that two seasons into ALF? Yeah. So ALF there, started there in 85. Only, there was right? only 26 episodes, two full seasons of this show. But there was a spinoff 
that also ran on NBC's from 88 to 89 called Alf Tales, mm-hmm. in which they'd like put Alf in like fairy tale type situations, like actual ones. Uh, there is um, the, the joke of the show is the characters taking part in like surreal things and making them like seem unremarkable. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, the to prove his manhood and win his distinguished antlers, the sons of the members of the Mayonnaise Lodge formed a formed the men who work in the Mayonnaise Mines must wrestle a clam and make it sing. <laughs> you know, it's almost like a Futurama right, episode, kind of, but not as clever. No, no, because it was you know sure. they didn't think kids were smart. Think about it, you could do it though. I loved it. Like I no, but now, but you can make Alf clever now. Yeah, absolutely. It was the first, there was clever the show sure but you know uh, he was also out, the cartoon Alf was also featured in Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue remember that video put together to get kids off drugs oh with, really like, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and and Garfield th- if you're a kid and you're getting high I don't think you really the well fact maybe that, it's to prevent them well from sure using but drugs. if you are and now the cartoons are talking directly to you. Even if they're telling you to get off drugs, you're going to want to do more drugs because the cartoon's talking to me. Yeah, well, yeah. It, so uh, the, the, the nephews from DuckTales are on it. We need the poo. Um, the Muppet Babies, the Smurfs. We're getting the cartoon. Oh, Slimer's in there. You could rent it. Aren't the Smurfs just a result of drugs? Yeah. But, well, I'm, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a 1990 American drug abuse prevention television special. Thanks, Nancy. Yeah, right. Just say no. It's that easy. It was financed by McDonald's and Roland McDonald Children Charities. Uh, it was simulcast on all four major American television networks by supporting their Saturday morning characters, ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS, and most independent stations as well as various cable networks. McDonald's distributed the VHS, and it opened with an introduction from W and Barbara. No, I'm sorry, HW and Barbara. Mm. Sorry, I got my bushes wrong. Uh, the show was produced uh, to, you know, keep kids off drugs, obviously. And uh, the the plot. Oh, thank God McDonald's came through and solved all our childhood problems. <laughs> right. The plot chronicles the exploits of Michael, a teenager who's using marijuana and stealing his father's beer. So I I watched this and I grew up to use marijuana and steal my dad's beer. So uh, I still drink beer. A lot. I love it. It's great. It's all. It's the cause and solution to all of life's problems, just like Homer <laughs> said. Yeah. Anyway, Alf the animated series and Alf Tales on YouTube. I'll pick a good one. Mm-hmm. It's also if you want to watch it in better quality, it's on Hulu. If you pay for Hulu. Okay. I'm just gonna Plus. ask if any streaming service is providing. A- yeah. So if you if you right. want to pay to, to the rights and the creator, you want to watch it on Hulu yeah. Plus. But if you just if you're a cheap motherfucker do you, like do you Squeezer. Think, do you think it trickles down? Do you think they get it? They probably get net points, not mm. gross. <laughs> so they get that check, 37-cent check in the mail. Then it's the joke in Hollywood that no movie's ever made a profit because no net points have ever <laughs> been paid out. Uh, somehow they still are in the, in the red. But yeah, that's all five of my picks right there. Uh, a couple I, I, think, I think it's rather, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that would be like, oh, that's not, I know that particular one. I am a big fan of Alf Tales or, but it's not 
I mean, when you say, oh, childhood cartoon, and you're going to go He-Man, Ninja Turtles, Ghost, but, you know. Right, right. That's yeah. what, and, and this was only two seasons, too. Most <clears throat> sure. of these were, none of these shows really yeah. got past two seasons. When, when we came out after, when we Except talked about it, after the Jam show. Jamming the like, holograms. Damn it, I wish I would have saved cops for this week. Yeah, just because that's another one of just a one-off In fact, Jam might be the most popular show that we have on this list most like none of mine got out of two seasons and you know what it it probably doesn't even deserve to be on this list. it's not obscure it's only obscure because you and i have genitalia that is different than that of the not even i mean some people grow up with that genitalia and want to watch gem sure oh we didn't finish the whole thing with the gem movie we were talking about that uh how we did finish it about how but they used it Poor, they didn't use it oh, as they yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. So um, they uh, they talked about how much they love Gem, and then the producers were going to use it. They thought they were going to use it for either promotion or something like that. They took all this material that people sent to them and got money for it. Rolled it into the movie as like a, a montage in the film, but had them talking about Gem as in Gem the movie character, had having nothing to do with the actual cartoon. Yikes. But the problem was everyone's ta- holding up merchandise or wearing gem shirts, or in one case, a guy is talking about how much he loves gem, and it's on the TV behind him. The cartoon is airing behind him, and they just threw it in the movie. Fuck it. Just god awful. I don't think awful. it really made a whole lot of money. No, it got yanked out of theaters faster than Chevy Chase did <laughs> off of Fox. I think they actually ended up playing, uh, they just cut together two hours of In Living Color, and put it in theaters in its place. <laughs> All right. You got one more. Let's hear it. This is the Evergreen Forest. Quiet, peaceful, serene. That is until Bert Raccoon wakes up. He has some good friends to help him out. Life would be simple in the forest except for Cyril Sneer. And his life would be simple except for the raccoons. I didn't, again, this is another one that Uh, I didn't think of until... Thank God those open save us so much time. We don't need to explain the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I loved the raccoons. And I tell you what, it probably slipped from my mind for some time. But uh, Bert the raccoon, he's who you want to be. He's just a... He's a good guy? A good guy, lovable, adventurous raccoon. You know, he's friends with everybody. He is the guy in the woods that everyone loves, except for... Of course, Cyril Sneer, who, uh, the evil tycoon who wants to cheat his way through and mine and, and log the forest for all of its resources and, you know, provide jobs to all the critters and stuff like that. He's just trying to create jobs, okay? All right, I'm all for, you know, environmentalism to a point, but, you know, Cyril's just, uh, Bert the raccoon, Ralph and Melissa, his friends that do, you know, they're eco-terrorists as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Uh, Allow me to play devil's advocate, if you will. Cyril's just trying to create jobs. 
Um, I, this was very much, it's a Canadian show. So it's very much, we love nature because they love nature up in Canada because that's all they have going for them. That and drywall. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, created by, uh, shit. Canadians? Yeah. And write his name down. I'm an asshole. Oh, I got it for you. Kevin Gillis. Kevin Gillis. Oh, there it is. Right there. Right there. I'm looking at it now. Kevin Gillis. Um, created and pitched this whole show and they also wrote all the the music and stuff was produced in show uh, and then uh, like the sound I love the opening theme that it's so 80s it's awesome like if, if you had to make an action show out of my life that's how I wanted to sound the intro to sound it's like like almost like MacGyver but with a raccoon and uh, you know he's always trying to save the environment from the evil Cyril <clears throat> Cyril Sneer who is well ahead of his time as far as uh, evil Mr. Burns's go out there. Mm. His downfall being, if you notice the animation, something in his character that he has that you would never see nowadays. What's that? He's chomping on a cigar. Ah. Yeah. And in fact, with an interview that uh, uh, Kevin Gills did with uh, the Truffle Shuffle blog, Mm. uh, he admitted that uh, they asked him, if there was something you could take back, what would it be? And he goes... He wouldn't have put the cigar in there. And it's just almost like uh, in hindsight, as far as reselling the show and trying to market it and maybe doing reruns and stuff, he admitted it's so politically incorrect now right. that it's difficult, uh, to, uh, difficult to pitch. Now, there's a solution to that. And what do you do? You make new episodes. Oh. Yeah. So you actually... you. You sent me this information. I dug deeper into the article, and they are working on a new. Uh, he's working on a new series. The animate the pictures look awesome. It's bright and colorful. Uh, it's a little cleaner. With Netflix, can, uh, I think they're working on and developing it now. I don't mm. think they have a, a full episode to pitch yet. Uh, but and but he Cyril Sneer does not have his cigar in the cell that they showed. What 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 what? Yeah, he's. Eh, I know. I think he can get it. It was a much more mature show. It was smart for kids. It had a good message. And the, I think... The bad guy, the bad dog in uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven <laughs> had a cigar. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the cops in E.T. had shotguns at one point. That's true. Then they didn't. And, and walkie-talkies. And now they do. They're back? I Yeah. I don't know if they... Uh, show the special edition on TV? Yeah. yeah. But Spielberg's like, yeah, that was a dumb Does idea. Greedo's... Does Han still shoot first? In my mind, I, that's why I put my black VHS tapes in, not that gold shit. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it absolutely holds up. Uh, the episodes are hilarious. It's really funny. And uh, I suggest definitely go back and watch. Watch as much raccoons well, as you can. Like I said, pick one. Pick right, one. I'll now, send it your way. Try and do this. I know that... Uh, it's going to be hard for you to pick one. It's like so squeezer's choice here. Well, because now it's going to be a couple months now because I'm going to go through and watch every episode <laughs> yeah. because then I'm going to hold myself personally responsible right. when I get any bad feedback here's, whatsoever. Here's a disclaimer, folks out there in, in Rad Years Town. Squeezer's going to pick a episode. Not necessarily the best, not necessarily the worst, not necessarily anything. He's going to pick a episode and send it to me and I will <laughs> post it. Remember my PS4? Or PS4? Or my, my PlayStation uh, PS1 show. I had to play Devil's Advocate, and I'm still not letting it. I'm still not you know, letting it go because <laughs> still beating myself up over that. 
I, I was suggested by someone that we should have a rematch where you take me. I have to pick. You you pick the best PlayStation, and I'll come with like Superman for sixty. Okay, that's not fair, right there. It's like <laughs> handcuffing yourself to a tree and then yeah. covering yourself in honey and letting the bears eat you alive. <laughs> now that I gave that one away, I'll mark that off my potential list of. Um, Don't worry, there's plenty more on there for you. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's uh, get that theme music again because we're ready to say goodnight to these people. Do we know what we're doing next week? I was going to ask you after the show. (laughs) We didn't pick one yet. Want to do it now? Hash it out? Nah, we'll figure it out. I'll let you know. All right, all right. Well, that's all we have for this week. We'll be back next week with more Rad Years. For now, I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Good night.